as we prepare to read God's word this morning. We are going to pray, seeking God's illuminating grace. Let's pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and by your Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in knowing and doing your will discover your perfect peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter. We begin at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over a period of a little more than a year, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth in the life. And the seventh of the I am statements we hear today, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Each I am statement is an example of how Jesus did not always speak or, or teach with literal illustrations, but figurative ones. Instead of literally coming out and saying what he meant, Jesus would tell a story or paint a picture with applications for the hearer's life. And then Jesus would let the people wrestle with the meaning. Teaching in this way frequently frustrated Jesus' detractors, but yes, also his disciples. But in each I am statement from the Gospel of John, John reveals... Jesus as God. Jesus is the God who has come in the flesh. He's the great I am. He is everything that God the Father is. And each I am statement reveals Jesus' identity and it calls us into a deeper relationship with him so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life 
in his name. In today's lesson, Jesus has gathered his disciples for a meal. Unbeknownst to them, a final meal before his arrest and his crucifixion and death. And he speaks, I am the true vine. This is not the only time that Jesus spoke of vines and vineyards. In fact, vines and vineyards were were part of the tradition of the Hebrew Scriptures. In 1 King and in Isaiah, Micah, Zechariah, a vine is an image of people, of of people's peace and their security. Leviticus speaks about laws related to the cultivation of vines. Jeremiah in 2 Kings tells of wild vines. The destruction of vines was a symbol of, of punishment. But there were also blessings of vines. Vines and vineyards appeared in dreams and in prophecies and in parables and in metaphors. Israel was described as the vine, or a vine. Vineyards were a sign of wealth and blessing. And the Hebrew Scripture recognized the richness of wine and the value of it bringing joy to people. Even as it recognized that drinking to excess was a great problem. When Jesus spoke about vine and vineyards, the people of Judea knew what he was talking about. As viticulture had been an industry for centuries in Israel. We might not know very much about the industry beyond finding the box or a bottle on our retail shelves. But that was not the case in Jesus' time. When Jesus spoke about vineyards, his disciples understood the message, even though they were fishermen or tax collectors or a political activist or tradesman. Now, they had a strong sense, Jesus' disciples, that Jesus was their connection, their connection to God, that he was the revelation of God. In fact, they hear Jesus say, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. They hear him say, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Jesus' words are powerful statements about who he and the Father are. About the vine grower or the gardener, as it's translated in some scripture uh, translations, Jesus says, He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it to make it bear more fruit. The primary Greek audience for John's gospel thought that the gods were detached from the world. They mostly ignored human struggles and heartaches and joys and fears. But John is telling you and me about a wholly different story about who God really is. 
the eternal God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, our God is passionately involved in our lives and in all of creation. As evidenced by the Father giving the Son in love to all humanity so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have our everlasting life. When John writes about the word or logos in Greek, John is writing that God comes to where we are, taking our nature upon God's self, entering into the world's struggles, our struggles, into its agony, and through Jesus Christ winning our salvation. Jesus says the same when he tells his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. This immediate and decisive reference of the Father communicates that the Father and the Son are not separate entities going separate ways, oblivious to the other. They, with the Holy Spirit, work together in the world. The vine grower, the master gardener, gives care and direction, pruning bad parts from the vine and, and nurturing good parts to bring up and bring out the best quality fruit from its branches. To prune means to cut off parts of a plant that suck away the nutrition that the plant needs to produce quality fruit and vegetables. Once the bad parts are cut off, more nutrition can flow in to help the good branches be more fruitful. And the branches that are already producing fruit can produce more fruit. There is something else that all disciples should know about Jesus' words. First, Jesus' story today means that we are called to bear fruit for the kingdom of God, you and I. We're called to bear fruit. It means that there can be such a thing as an unproductive life. And yes, it means that we must cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we must stay connected with him. Think with me for a few moments about the context in which Jesus shares this message with his disciples. Jesus knows that he is only hours away from a horrible death. He has washed his disciples' feet. He's told them that one of them will betray him and another will deny him three times. He's told them that he is going away and they cannot follow him. But he also seeks to comfort them do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and also believe in me, he says. He tells them that he will be returning. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you will be also. And he's giving them final instructions before he departs this life at the hands of his Roman executioners. Very truly, I tell you, 
He says, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these. He also tells his faithful followers huddled around him, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Who are the branches? You are the branches. And you are the branches. And you are the branches. You does not refer to specifically named disciples limited by time and space. You refers to disciples, how many or how few there may be, wherever in time or space they may be. You refers to people who have committed themselves wholeheartedly to Jesus and who trust in his care and in the life that he models and proclaims. This is not necessarily guidance for seekers or those who are still uncommitted. But make no mistake about it, all, all are invited to connect with Jesus and become his branches, his disciples. Jesus says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. A grapevine is a most productive plant. It spreads out its branches and each is intended to bring forth fruit. No vine grower is foolish enough to invest her time and effort in cultivating vines merely for the green foliage. She is looking for fruit. And Jesus says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As disciples of Jesus, our goal, the goal is fruit. But fruit is only possible when we are attentive to the true vine, tr trusting that sweet fruit will be produced when we stay connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ. Our attention to the true vine can, can be summed up in the word abiding. But what does this abiding look like? We abide when we remain connected to the true vine. Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in you. Our abiding is a grace-filled, grace-empowered response to Jesus who is already abiding in us. Grace, you see, pervades all of creation and is universally present to all. Grace is God's presence to create and heal and forgive and reconcile and transform human hearts and communities and all of creation. Wherever God is present, there is grace. Grace brought creation into existence. Grace birthed human beings bestowed on us the divine image and redeemed us in Jesus Christ and is ever transforming us 
and the whole creation into God's realm and reign of compassion and justice and generosity and peace. And by grace, by grace, we are both called and we are enabled to reach out and to abide in Jesus Christ who is already abiding in us. Abiding means that we're cultivating a relationship with Jesus, which includes growing ever deeper and ever wider in God's love and sharing that love with others. Abide in me as I abide in you, Jesus says. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So the key is this. The key is this. Jesus already in you. That's the key. That's the key for all of us. Jesus that is already in you. And our calling, yours and mine, is to connect deeper and stronger to the Jesus who is already present, already abiding in us. Paul, in the letter to the Galatians, said it this way, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What a wonderful, unbelievably breathtaking possibility that is for you and for me. What a promise Jesus has given us. And what amazing grace. Yet how can we ensure that abiding becomes the dynamic of our lives, knowing that Jesus will, will take care of the fruit? The answer, we must look to the vine and to continue to cultivate a greatest awareness of the indwelling of Christ in us and also practice a healthy growing dependence upon him if we are truly going to abide in him. There are two ways to abiding and staying connected with Christ. First, we need to remove what is unnecessary in our lives that keeps us from connecting or connecting deeper with Jesus. And second, as branches that want and need to connect with Jesus for life, both abundantly and eternally, we must stay focused on the vine and cling and cling to it. As we use the grace that God gives us to follow Jesus and to believe and to trust and to love and to serve as branches of the true vine. We need to understand that we don't produce the fruit 
Jesus does. Disciples of Jesus Christ, you can be only who you were created to be and who you are called to be when you value most the one who is the true vine and abide in him. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I am them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. As we close in prayer, I invite you to join with me once again in the prayer that we prayed earlier in our service, our opening prayer. It's, of course, in your order of worship, and it's on the screen as well. Let us pray in unison. God of love, plant us in the soil of your grace. Use the implements of your grace and mercy to churn up and cast out what is foreign and hurtful. Leave nothing undone to help us be fruitful. Nurture us with the strength of Christ, the vine of everlasting life. Enlighten us with the wisdom of your Spirit, which flows through us today and all days. Abide in us, that we may abide in you and live in your love so that you may find us to be just the kind of vineyard you envisioned us to be. In your holy name we pray. Amen.